welcome back to the Six Side Culture Podcast. Today I'll be joined once again by Franchet and Danny. Boys, how are we doing? Hey guys. Pretty good, Pretty good, Bruce. Yeah, well, obviously I'm doing uh, fantastic. Roma got past Shakhtar, which we kind of suspected, but uh, if you uh, if we record this a little early on in the week, I wouldn't be fantastic. I'd be far from that after the Padma match, but what can you do? Uh, I'm sure Franchet's in better spirits after uh, Ronaldo and Juve's performance against Cagliari. Yeah, and I'm sure you're over the moon from the Milan match. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we got a we got a lot of talking points going on here. So I guess we'll get right into it because we got quite a bit to talk about. We got the Serie A matches, and we got that midweek game between Torino and Sassuolo that took place because it uh, it got postponed. I think it was originally scheduled on February 25th or 26th, one of the two. And that got replayed, and then not replayed, but it got played. And we got the Champions League matches that took place. Uh, uh, it's going to be tough to talk about, but we're going to have to get through those two. And then uh, Roma Shakhtar briefly, United and uh, Milan, which was another depressing moment in the week. And then Europa League jog quickly. But, uh, yeah, starting off now, Lazio Crotone took place last week on the Friday, as long as, as well as uh, Atalanta Spezia. Lazio came away with a 3-2 victory over Crotone. Uh, it was expected, I guess. I didn't expect it to be as close as it was. Lazio... They made it harder than it should have been for them. I agree. And it's a game uh, they need to win. And I don't know if you guys noticed as well, but I think Saicedo only scores after the 80th minute in his whole <laughs> yeah. career. I don't remember this guy scoring before the 80th minute ever. Like, he always he comes in record. clutch at the end. Yeah, it's always 80th minute and above. So he got that goal. I think it was the 84th minute, I believe. Um, I could be wrong, but I know it was around there. And he won it for them. Uh, like I said, it shouldn't have been as hard as it was for them, but they got uh, by and... You want to get top four, it's a game you need to win. Atalanta, Spezia, another one. I was, uh, the match was close on Dottoby, to be honest. I know 3-1, it sounds like it was like complete dominance, but Spezia actually had a few good moments in the match where I was surprised, but uh, during the whole match, we never really had any doubts of Atalanta coming away with the win. Pasovic is a player I really liked for some time now. At Milan, he had some great moments, but he wasn't, uh, wasn't living up to what everyone thought he'd be. He had that goal. Wasn't it wasn't against Juve? Oh, no. Who did he score against Pasovic? It was a penalty, no? no yeah, no, he scored the penalty against us to win the yeah. uh, Super Cup. He scored the penalty. No, I could tell he scored that beautiful bar down, I remember, in that match as well. So, yeah. Uh, huge for uh, Pasovic. Uh, last year, I think he was uh, much better. I don't say much better. It's kind of harsh. But uh, he was better last year than this season. But... Uh, he had a good game. I'm happy. He also scored uh, twice, I believe. So, uh, yeah, good, good for him. And uh, Muriel, he also scored, so that was good to see. And I think Atalanta, I, we've been saying every week, but I think they're in the driver's seat for a top four compared to the other clubs like Roma and Napoli and Lazio. So, I think Atalanta probably has the best chance of all of us, especially now that they're out of the Champions League. Uh, Sassuolo Verona, Parenting match, 3-2 for Sassuolo. Uh, yeah, Lukatelli continues to show why uh, Juve won him for 40 mil, and he's really showing the value at the moment. He's a great player. He's got strength. He's got height. He's got quality. His passing ability is incredible. So, to me, I think Lukatelli is what people thought Tonelli would be, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> and he's actually shown it in Serie A. So. Yeah. As long as Fajoli as as stays. Yeah, we'll probably get that closer to the summer, but yeah, uh, the yeah. report from uh, a couple of sources, including La Gazeta, who I don't really find reliable, but uh, they said that 
they'd want uh, Fajoli in the deal, and you were willing to do it, but I don't know how much I believe that. But, uh, yeah, Lucas was a great player, and uh, I, I still do think he was going to end up with him. And then I Verona. Oh, pardon? I hope not. I hope it comes to Napoli. <laughs> yeah, if you would get him, it's going to be a sad day, but I remember him saying in an interview or something, he likes you there, something like that. I don't, don't quote me on that, but uh, something along those lines he said about liking Juventus, so, or being flattered by their interests, or something along those lines. But, yeah, uh, he had a good game. He also scored, so that was great to see. Uh, Verona, you know, I thought they'd come away with a draw. Uh, and uh, they didn't. Traore uh, ruined the day for them. There was a big mess in the box. And uh, Traore came came out on top there. He put it away and got Sassuolo to win. So huge for Traore to come up there. He's another player I'm pretty, not, I wouldn't say high on, but uh, I really like him, how he plays. And I think he, there's something there of him. So yeah, congrats to Sassuolo. A big win for them. And now, Benevento Fiorentina. I think at least the last 50 pods in a row have been saying how much I like Valvich. I always mention him when Fiorentina comes up. And he scored a hat-trick in the first half. I couldn't be any happier for him. And it wasn't like one of those like crappy hat-tricks, like a little tap. It's like he scored a beauty from outside the box there. Curled the top corner. Great strike. Yeah, great strike. He's uh, Valvich, I say it every time, I'm so high on him. There's some players where, like, the last time I was just high on the player uh, was Dimbala a while ago when he was on Palermo. I watched a couple of Serie B games with my dad when they used to show it on Rai here in Canada, Rai 1. And uh, Dimbala's a player I used to like, get up early to watch in, in the morning before the Roma game. And he's a player I was high on. And it turns out, I don't say I'm a scout or anything, but <laughs> I, just gotta, I just feel a knack for some of these players, and Valvich is one of them. When I watch him play, I see something special about him. His height, his confidence, his strength, his ability to shoot just when the ball stationary, when it's moving. He can dribble by players if he has to. He's, he's a good leader. And I like when strikers get mad when they miss a chance. Like someone like Jack, I like Jack. He's done a lot for the club. But when a player like Jack puts his head down after missing a couple of chances, it's kind of discouraging the rest of your teammates and as a fan. But Vlaovic, when he misses, he screams. He does all like these... Um, Mannerisms, or yeah, really, you could oh, see really he's passionate. Yeah. yeah, he cares, and that's something I really value in a player, and something you can't buy. So, uh, great to see that he now has 12 goals on the season, age 21. For Fiorentino, is having a rough year. Really doesn't have any service behind him, and he's still putting up great numbers. So, Vlaovic, please come home. Please come to Roma. <laughs> your, your home is in Rome. Please, I will do anything. Uh, last year, I wanted him. He was only 15 a mil, and now look, he's probably going to be 40 mil at the end of the year. And if he keeps this up, maybe a uh, one billion, so who knows? Uh, yeah, oh man, and Rocco Comiso is not an easy guy to do business with either. So it's gonna be hard to get Valvich, but he's a great player and helps another reminder for people who may be uh, sleeping on him. So yeah, big ups to Valvich. Rich, anything else on him? Do you want to add to? Yeah, I just think, just like Enzo's been saying, uh, he's he's had his eye on him for quite a while now. I I think Valvich. Uh, reminds me a bit of Zaniolo, just a raw talent in City, uh, who has so much potential to do good. And once he's on, uh, Fiorentina is a decent team, but if he goes to a team like Roma or Napoli, uh, which I think are the two uh, successors, maybe even Milan, a team where he'll start every game, game in, game out, I feel like you'll really see the true potential of Vlahovic, and I think he's really going to be uh, one for the future that no one's talking about. Yeah. And when I'm looking at the top teams, everyone kind of has a striker, really. I saw reports that now Juve want Icardi in the summer. 
No, no, please, please, yeah. <laughs> please. From, uh, actually, pretty reliable sources too. So uh, Icardi looks like he'll be heading somewhere, and I know you've been wanting him last summer too. So that looks like it'll probably happen. If I'm being honest. Plus, you have Ronaldo, they have Dybala, they have a lot of attackers, so Vavich won't be heading there. Then you have Napa, they have Petania, they got Austin, man, they got Martens who can play. So yeah. they got a lot of players up top, too. And it doesn't help, too, that now we're linked with uh, K.O. George from Brazil, the 2002 yeah. prospect. The so, free agent. Yeah. yeah. So if Napoli so. can land him, and especially because of, like, if a report came out, if it's true, hopefully it is, because I'll be doing car wheels, I'll be applying uh, to Napoli for this, that they potentially could be investing in uh, more youth players. And there's a, some, some of the youth players that they were linked with that could come to the club. Uh, they're players like I would honestly would love to see. And one of them would be Kale George. But another one I wouldn't mind too if Napoli do decide to like go with maybe more players in the Serie A is like a guy like Vlaovic. Uh, I feel like he could be like a... He's kind of like the way he plays. He kind of reminds me of how like Cavani was. In his early days, yeah, just yeah, a, like an explosive player, uh, he can score even with like ten uh, donkeys behind him. It doesn't matter. Like he's just the type of player. Like he can carry a team, especially like with Fiorentina. Like they don't have the best of service, and they're not having the best of years. And Vavic is putting up phenomenal numbers, and he's just having a very good season. Even last season too, um, I was impressed with him, just the way he plays, and I feel like he could be a striker that you got to look out for in the future. And who knows, maybe one day this guy could be a top goal scorer in the league. Yeah. And, like, even with my bias out the door, I feel like we're the only team in the top maybe six or seven that can really get someone like him. Because, like I said, Napoli, Juve, Milan got Rebic, they got Liao who can play there, they got Ibra, who's probably going to resign based on what I've been reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, then who else do we have here? Atalanta, they got Zapata, they got Muriel. And is Atalanta really going to splash 40 mil on Vlaovic? I doubt that's going to happen. I can see the only team maybe, yeah, like, I agree with probably is Roma. Like, it makes the perfect sense for him. I think, they, yeah. Because, uh, say if Jekko does leave at the end of the season, they're yeah, just going like to have, yeah, yeah, Moriel up top. And I think he's on loan, right? If I believe. Yeah, he's on a two-year loan, so we have him next season so, as well. Yeah, so if you get a guy like Vlaovic, that's good insurance just in case, uh, say Muriel doesn't pan out and you end up letting him go back to Madrid alone instead of buying him. So I can see Vlaovic potentially join Roma and it makes perfect sense for him. But I wouldn't count on Napoli too because they're a type of team that if they could get like a good deal, say like a maybe Patania and then a couple million for him, uh, they'll do the they'll pull the trigger on it because this kid's a raw talent and he's such an impact player that a lot of teams would love to have. Yeah, I don't yeah. think Napoli's going to be doing much business after Ozyman, Dan. 70 mil. We'll see, yeah, we'll see yeah. because it, it depends on how we finish the season, because this year we could potentially clean house and get rid of all the assets that we don't need and yeah. bring in up young talent that can come in and help us get back to uh, where we want to be. Yeah, you never know. Napoli could be in a conversation, but I just think it's unlikely. They're going to spend yeah. 40 mil and 70 mil in two seasons on two strikers, but you never know. Uh, but yeah, Vlaovic is a top player, and I think many clubs would be lucky to have him. And if I'm being honest, I know people are hesitant, saying, "Oh, you really want to splash 40 million on a guy that's not really proven." Well, to me, I've seen enough. Uh, I think he's a great player, and sometimes you got to take a risk because he gets 40 million right now. We're saying, "Oh, look how much money it is." But then maybe in two years, when this guy has 30 goals in the season, might say, "Oh, look, uh, you got him for a bargain." So sometimes you got to take that risk. It's like and, Holland. Yeah, it's like Holland. Yeah, exactly. 
And you got to take that risk sometimes. It either pays off or it doesn't, but um, you got to take a chance. And he's steady out proven. It's like, like for example, Highland, he came from a smaller league, and people weren't really that sure. Vlaovic is doing this in the league, like in the steady out. So yeah. if the steady out team wants him, they know. And in, in the last two years, he's got 18 goals in the league, which is not too bad for a guy who usually, like, when he plays, he's good. And there was a lot of times where he came off the bench last year, too. Yeah, he came off the bench quite a bit last year. And also when, um, I'm forgetting who was coach again. I'm having a brain fart right now. Oh, Yakini. When Yakini was yeah. coaching, uh, he was coming off the bench almost every game. So and now that Prandelli's been here, he's been starting and look what he's been doing. So, uh, sometimes you gotta believe in these young players and it'll pay off. So yeah, uh, enough of Lovich. I kind of knew there'd be a big rant on him because I'm just obsessed yeah. with him. I'm a big fanboy, so <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we see Valvich move on to a bigger club this summer. Moving on here, Genoa Udinese one-one. Not really much to say about this one, if I'm being honest. Uh, Genoa had a late push towards the end. They had a couple of nice chances there, but uh, something I just want to bring up. I know Dan's probably gonna go off about this too. The Paul is the Paul is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he needs <laughs> to make the next step up. We we say every pot I feel too, but like he, just, he needs to go to another club. The Paul's a fantastic player. I I just think Pereira had a better match than DePaul. Yeah, he did. No, I, I was actually going to get into that too. Yeah. Yeah. But now that you're onto it, yeah, I keep going to Pereira. I was actually going to get into that, but yeah, P- P- Pereira, it's, a, it's just like a historic thing with Juve players. They always perform better in black and white. Obviously, I'll mention Pogba later on in the podcast. When they're in black and white, they they always just perform better. I don't know what it is, but Pereira, uh, he's been phenomenal, especially that game. Um, DePaul scored a penalty because of Pereira's incredible yeah. run in the box. Uh, he just dictated the game, and I think he's a great partner for DePaul. I like how they uh, work off each other, and I think that's a really good partnership. I don't think it's going to last for long because I think DePaul's out the door, but yeah, I think it's done. a good partnership for now. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. And I got to give both those guys credit. Like, even Pereira, too, I got to give him credit for coming back to the Serie A uh, after a few, uh, I think a loan spell, a few years in England uh, with Watford. He wasn't. Yeah. He, no one, uh, everyone forgot about him, I'll be completely honest, I forgot about him, but once he came to Indonesia, it seems like he's found his form again, and he's been very good for them, especially uh, linking up with DePaul, who I believe is maybe arguably top two right now when it comes to Argentinian players. Uh, he's just incredible to watch. He's trying his best to do uh, to keep Indonesia up, which they are, I think they're, 11, uh, I think I want to say 12th or 11th place now uh, with uh the tie, they've just been playing good, and DePaul's been a big factor for them. Uh, he's easily been their best player, and like Enzo said, too, I would love to see him um, like on a bigger club. Hopefully, in the summer, Napoli can uh, splash out the money for him, because I feel like he's the type of player that can help on midfield, and I believe that if he goes to join a bigger club, he could be world-class. He could be easily one of the best, he's easily one of the best midfielders now. And that's because he's on Udinese. But I feel like if he joins a bigger club, I feel like he can uh, become world class. And especially with like attacking talent such as say Osimhen, Insigne, Lozano, Politano, uh, Zelensky, like just great players around him. I would love to see him at Napoli, and hopefully in the summer, Idiot splashes out the cash for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the Paul is a player I think many clubs would love to have. Like I said. Uh, Roma, we're not going to get him. We don't have that money. It's either, we'll spend money on one player, but it has to be a striker. We need a striker, uh, ASAP. But yeah, uh, DePaul, he can fit into many teams. He's a leader. 
he's got a, a great creative ability to create chances out of his ass. Uh, he's a, he can <laughs> score goals as a goal scorer. And even scoring penalties, I think, is an important asset for a team to have, to have a designated pen taker that you go to because I think at like a team like City, I don't think they really have a designated pen taker, and they struggled for a while to score one. But someone like Milan with Cassier, I think Napoli and Insigne takes them. Insigne takes them, yeah. It's just the question he, is, he's, can yeah, he he's score? Off yeah. Them, yeah. <laughs> he's on and off with them. Honestly, we got Ronaldo. Yeah, we got Ronaldo. We got Vettel when he's well, now. He's not healthy right now, but I don't think he's has he. Yeah, Vettel has missed one for us in like two years now or something. So Vettel is incredible for us from the pen spot. I think that's an underrated trait to have. And another one's a free kick taker. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's Paul, good at set pieces. Yeah, he's he very good at set pieces. Yeah. He, so, um, yeah. Sometimes a free kick uh, at the 90th minute. Uh, when you look who's standing over it, it gives you confidence, and someone like the Paul can give that to a team. So, uh, yeah, great player to have. I think we've said it enough times now. But moving on, and yeah, congrats to uh, Udinese for hanging on there at the end. I really thought Jenna would come away with the win. They had a really big late push, and Udinese hung on there. So, yeah, credit for them to get in the point. Now, Parma Roma. Oh, God. Uh <laughs> Look, if you asked me for a match, I would have said we were going to win 5 nothing because to me, Parma is probably the worst or one of the worst teams in the league. They're terrible. They're, uh, they just, I don't know. They're, they're just horrendous when I watch them. And with us, we've always had the same issue. We can't break down a team when they're sitting back. Fonseca's got to figure that out. I don't really have much criticism for him, but that's one of them. He needs to figure out how to break down teams because we do not know what to do. We just go left to right. We swing the ball and we hope someone gets a head on. It's a it's a disaster. We don't know what to do. And when the match started, it was like a normal Roman match against a smaller club. We were dominating. We had chances left and right. And I thought it was going to be like a classic Roma game. Kill someone and then lose to a big team next week against Napoli. So that's what that would happen. And then it all went downhill. We conceded. And uh, it was over at that point, in my opinion. We just knew it was done. And then that penalty, that was not a penalty. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. It's... To me, it's not really up for debate. I've spoken to fans who are Roma fans on Twitter. I've, I think I got like over a hundred replies on that tweet, and everyone had the same opinion on it. That was not a that was not a penalty in any day of the week. They didn't check the VAR. I don't understand what the point of having it is. Every week, I yeah, feel like I I'm talking about VAR here, but it was clear as day. Ibanez, Ibanez, that's just like his famous tackle. He does that so often, where it kind of looks like a backheel tackle, like the way he tackle, like the running with the ball. They're behind him, and he does like this no look back heel tackle almost, and he always does that. And he got it clean again, and it always usually works, and it worked again. And somehow they called it a pen, which is just mind boggling, and something like that can cost you the game. But I'm not blaming it on the pen, we played terribly, and it was already 1 nothing. I don't think it's one of those games where we could play for five hours and win a score, a game, a score a goal. I couldn't see it happening. And credit to Padma. They fought till the end. They held us off. And, yeah, big win for Padma. Disappointing for us in the top four race. Uh, that game really made this weekend's game against Napoli a must win. If we tie or lose this game, top four race is over. It has to be a win. Uh, are we going to win? Uh, we're not going to win. I don't think we're going to win, to be honest. But uh, if we somehow do, then I'll believe in the team. But, yeah, this game against Napoli is like a final for us now. We need to win. And we'll see what happens, but yeah, definitely disappointing game to drop. The Benevento one, now the Parma one, these are games you need to win. And you can really see our schedule and uh, all this, this game time really getting to us, our lack of depth that we have. So 
hopefully we can get through this. International break's coming soon. I can't wait. I'm sure the players can't wait because we're like a, a car of no gas in it right now, or it's running off on the side of the road. So hopefully after international break we come back swinging and uh, hope for the best against Napoli, but I'm not really expecting much. But moving on here, Bologna, Santoria. Bologna won this game three to one. Musa Barrow, I just wanna I wanna talk about him. I remember seeing him for the first time. I can't remember what season it was. It wasn't last season, it might have been the one before. But he came in as a substitute, I believe it was at halftime for like maybe five, ten minutes. As soon as he came out he scored, he got injured as he scored and got subbed off right away. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never seen that in my life. It's on a pitch for like five minutes and scored and got injured, so I don't know. But uh yeah, I just want to bring that one up and He's a, he's a really good player. He's going under the radar. He's having a quietly good season. I don't think he's getting the talk that he deserves. No one's really talking about him. Uh, he has skill. He can shoot the ball really well. I love his curler. He's kind of reminds me of Insignia's shot. To be honest, he cuts in and curls at far post. He has talent, definitely, and I don't think he's getting the shot he deserves. Uh, but yeah, credit to Barrow. One goal, one assist this match. Continuing to have a good year. Uh, do I think he deserves like a big move, like 25, 30 million? No, not yet. But he's getting there and he's proving himself. So credit to him. Sampdoria look like a mess. They just, I don't think they know when the game starts because they're just walking around there. <laughs> I don't know, Sampdoria there. I feel so bad for Agnelli. What a coach he is, but he really has nothing to work with there. Quagliarella, he has quality, but come on, the guy's going to retire any second now. Yeah, so. he's, he's on his last days. Yeah, yeah, you can't really expect too much of him to carry a team. Gabbiadini has his moments, but the guy's not consistent, as we all know. Uh, Damsgaard is a player I actually rate pretty highly, to be honest. I really like Damsgaard. I think he has quality. And I think if a team were to pick him up, they could probably get him for pretty cheap right now, and I think they won't regret it. So Damsgaard's a player I like. But yeah, shout out to Bologna. Big win for them. Uh, kind of expected to be honest, but it's always an easy game you can drop because yeah. Samp uh, defend pretty well. So for, for them to score three goals is impressive. So congrats to them. Torino Inter. I'm gonna let Francesca off with this one because I know Francesca has a lot to say about uh, every time Inter win a game. So go ahead. It, it it seems strange to me that this is the second game in a row now where magically the team Inter facing aren't using their best eleven. When I first saw the lineup, I'm like, okay, you know, Torino's at home. They, they, they could possibly, uh, make Inter drop points, but Inter will probably win because Torino shit. And then I go look at the lineup and I see Belotti on the bench. And I say, oh, great. Yep. The game's over. And all I give credit, 100% credit to Torino because even though Belotti wasn't on, even though their best 11 wasn't on, Torino gave a fight against Inter. Inter was dreadful that match. I think all Inter fans could agree with me. They were absolute shit that match. And, um, they got that late winner of, I believe, Lotado scored at the 85th minute. Uh, another late winner for uh, Inter to, for the Bucks. So I give credit to Latados for the, uh, uh, in a game where it actually mattered for once. Um, but, you know, Torino disappointed me. Belotti coming on at the 89th minute. I don't know if uh, Coach thought he was going to work some miracles here or what was going to happen. But if Belotti started that game, I believe uh, Torino would have won that game or at least true. But, you know, I got to give credit to, to Inter. They played like shit and still came out with the win. That's it's a win you need. And... They have to keep winning because they have the Juve on their ass now. Yeah, no. It was a good win for Inter. Uh, at the end of the day, these wins are the wins that win you uh, championships. They uh, 
they help you like secure top for uh, the win the league. Anytime an ugly an ugly win is still a win at the end of the day. Three points is three points. Uh, so give credit to Inter for hanging in there and finding a way to win. And just to get back to the point of Balotti, uh, I'm ninety percent sure he was just this was his first game back after I think it was a COVID uh, scare he had or an injury or something. Uh, so this was his first game, so I didn't expect him to start. But Torino is just a mess. I don't know if they're gonna get relegated this year. I don't know. I think yeah, they're all over the place, Torino. Right now, they're only one point up of the relegation zone. So and Cali too. I feel like Cali have been better since the coaching change. And I feel like they could be a side that can maybe uh, stay in Syria and then Torino could be one that can get relegated. But we'll see at the end of the year. Uh, Torino, they have to find their act. They have to find the, like their team again because it's just a big mess uh, for them. Yeah. Uh, very, very uh, big win for Inter. I didn't get to watch the full game because obviously Roma's on at the same time, but... I kept checking the score. I'm like, when's Inter going to get the lead? Like, they have to win this game, right? They're going to win. They're going to win. And then finally, they got the lead. And yeah, it's the win you need, like I always say every week when they win. Uh, if you want to win the Scudetto, these are games you got to win. And if they keep winning, they're going to get close to the point where they're one or two games away from securing the Scudetto. So big win for them. And as much as I don't rate Lataro, I think individually he's not one of the, like, the best of players. I think he's slightly overrated. But when he plays with Lukaku this season, at least, he's been class and I think uh the two of them together, the partnership they're hoping for all in Tedisi we're hoping for is really coming to uh fruition. They're looking good together. And uh yeah, big ups to Conte for figuring this whole mess out. Uh this I don't know why but the whole beginning of the year I never knew how into how good they were doing. I never really noticed it to be honest. Like I thought they were having a poor season and I go look and they only had one loss at the time. I'm like, oh, okay. Look at that. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Congrats to Inter for getting the win. Tolino, they fought hard. Uh, they're a pretty aggressive team, so they're not really easy to beat. Even well, even if you look at the standings, you'll be like, oh, wow. And they should win 5 nothing. But Tolino, um, they lose a lot of games, but they go down fighting. That's one thing you can say about them. So big win for Inter there. And, uh, yeah, Tolino got to fix whatever they got going on there up because uh, it's not looking good right now. Cali, Juventus, Ronaldo got a hat-trick. Frenchet, take the floor. Uh, this was one of the games that was hard to watch for me. Uh, obviously, after that Champions League disaster that happened, I uh, just had to focus on, on the Scudetto, and I, I'm glad the way the team handled this game. Obviously, we scored pretty early on with the Ronaldo goal, and I, it, it's weird because this is one of the only games that I, I really didn't celebrate when, when Ronaldo scored. I kind of just said, okay, pick up the goal, let's get another, come on. And it's just one of those games where it doesn't, like, you need the win, but once you win, it's just like, it's a, it's, it's a win that doesn't really matter. It's a win that just needed for the Scudetto, and if you don't get it, this game is just uh, a regular game. So yeah, I wasn't really like excited when Ronaldo scored. And when he scored the hat-trick, that's when I, I got pissed off because he went to the camera, held his hand to his ear and saying, uh trying to like entice the critics and haters, saying, uh, what now, what now, what are you saying about me now? And it kind of just pissed me off because uh, a team like Cagliari, yeah, it's great you scored a hat-trick. We needed you to, to perform against Porto. And obviously, I'm not asking for a hat-trick against Ronaldo every game, but uh, one goal or one assist or one good run against Porto, we would have won the game. Uh, it's not just... I guess his, the mentality for him just wasn't there. Uh, against Cagliari, he just really pissed me off the way he approached this game. And uh, something else that doesn't surprise me is Chesney conceding another goal. 
Uh, the, the guy needs to leave in the summer. I don't think he will. But he's just a liability on the team. And uh, uh unpopular take I have is Killini and Delit. Obviously, on paper, it's Juve's best center backs. But I just don't think Killini and Delit could play together. They're very similar. Uh, they have very similar traits. Uh, so when they play together, they kind of always get in everyone's ways, and there's not not really a big balance. But uh, that's, uh, that's another reason why we conceded. But we won the game, and that's all that matters. We we got to move on uh, to Benevento, which won't be easy. Hopefully, hopefully we're uh, this new Pirlo's uh, Juventus team could actually uh, win every game now. If we want to score, that's what we have to do, and we we just got to keep moving forward and keep winning. Yeah. Well said. Uh, obviously, Juve want to keep the pressure on Inter, and if they want any chance of winning Scudetto, they got to win these games, and uh, good bounce back Ronaldo. And, yeah, we'll see how this Juventus do. Uh, they don't really have to focus about European competitions anymore, which is uh, the benefit that Inter's been having these last couple weeks, and well, since they've been eliminated in the group stage. So uh, it could have been a blessing for Inter, and it might be a blessing for Juve now, because uh, obviously balancing two competitions is very difficult, and uh, just having that burden off your shoulder of traveling every week, midweek, and then it, it gets to the players and it takes a lot out of them. So we'll see if Juve can bounce back here and uh, maybe win Scudetto and make a big comeback. So we'll see what happens. But big win, of course. And uh, yeah, like you said, also, and uh, ever since uh, Di Francesco's been gone, they look like a different team now, uh, Cagliari. So, but to be honest, it's not really hard to look better when you're on a 12-game losing streak. So it's not that hard to look better than that. <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah, uh, Milan Napoli, Danny. I know you've been waiting for this one. A big win yeah. for Napoli. And um, yeah, just take it away. Very happy with the result. Uh, I was very surprised of how well we actually played because of I know when we first played Milan, I think it was after the international break. Uh, we lost two, two one, three one. It was just a terrible performance. But Napoli bounced back. Uh, this game they played very well for me. Koulibaly was the best player on the pitch. This guy was just a wall. And I think I've said this a thousand times in my life, and I'm going to say a thousand more until he leaves or until he retires as an Napoli player, hopefully. This guy's easily one of the best center backs in the world. I do not care. Top three. I put him top three right now. Best center back in the world. He's just so good for us. And he's just a vocal leader at the back. Uh, he does everything. And you can tell when he's not there, he, a big presence is gone. And for me... I feel like the team played very well. It was a very entertaining match, even for like the neutrals. Uh, Matteo Politano comes back to hurt Milan again. Uh, interconnection and also, Ro- I think he was a Roman player too. So yeah, yeah. So he 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 played good. He didn't play the best, but he got the goal, which is all that matters. Uh, and for me, the whole team played good. Even Osimhen too, when he came in in the second half, I felt like he was a impact player he caused trouble for uh the Milan defense kept drawing a lot of fouls especially that high tackle which was debatable uh from Teo Hernandez who I'll get into uh, later on about my opinions on the situation and I just felt like he he should have been sent off for uh, for that reckless challenge uh but the referee gave a yellow so at the end of the day you can't change that but I was just very surprised I was very happy with the result from the, the guys and it's a big win for us, especially now because we have Roma coming up, uh, which is a huge matchup. Because uh, we're two points, I think we're six points back of second place, two points back of Atalanta with the game in hand. So this is a huge match for both sides, uh, for Napoli and Roma, especially for Napoli if we want to make it to top four. 
And we just have to play the way we, we've been playing. I've been very impressed with how we've been. And I feel like if we can continue to play like this to the end of the season, I feel like we could get top four. And I, I, I'm just very happy with the result. And hopefully we can continue the momentum. Now I'm going to get to Teo Hernandez. Uh, for me, he's this guy. I don't know what goes through his mind sometimes. Uh, I know it's Milan and they're known for getting penalties. But if you see the penalty that they wanted, Bakayoko didn't even touch him. And if he did, it was like a like nothing. It was not like a little contact. And he went down like he was like pulled down, like tackled, whatever. And then he started complaining. And then he goes after Osiman and he studs him in the leg and gets a yellow. And then after the match, he's got the audacity to post a picture of the referee with like the vomit emoji. <laughs> Uh, and then he quickly deleted it because he realized, oh, I might get fined. I might get suspended. Well, too late now, but you could get suspended. Maybe if you stay on your feet uh, more, maybe you can actually uh, become a fixture, and maybe refs will give you the calls when uh, you deserve them. But that call, if that was called, uh, I would probably just turn off the game. I don't know if I would have watched it after because that, that would have been the stupidest penalty I've ever seen given probably in the last few weeks. Uh, but back to the the match. Very happy with Napoli and the way they played, and hopefully we can continue it because I really like the, the formation we've been playing, especially without Lozano, who is back in training this week. I really like the uh, the way Fabian Ruiz and Diego Demi have been playing. Our midfield, I feel like, has been our best. Maybe it's been very. It's improved uh, from the over the last few weeks, and I've been enjoying the way uh, Insigne has been playing. As well, and I, you know what? For the first time in a while, I'm gonna give Fusai credit. I felt like he was easily one of the best players on the pitch, and you don't hear me say that often. Uh, but he was instrumental. He was very good this game. He was strong. Even Di Lorenzo had a strong game. And uh, just hopefully Napoli can uh, bounce back. Hopefully, can continue this against Roma and uh, finish top four. Yeah, well said. Uh, yeah, I had a feeling you'd have a strong opinion on that uh, Taylor Hernandez uh, situation there. <laughs> oh, yeah. If Napoli didn't win the game, I would have had a stronger opinion, but I don't like him as a player. I just don't like the way he acts, and I just think he's needs to tone it down when it comes to appealing for penalties and looking for fouls and stuff. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, it was a great game to watch as a neutral. Uh, obviously, the draw would have benefited Roma more. But, uh, yeah, it was a great match to watch and uh, definitely a lot of uh, drama. So that makes the match even better. So, yeah, mm-hmm. great week of uh, matches. We also, later on, we had Torino Sassuolo in the midweek. Uh, just quickly, I'm going to get into real quick. I know, Dan, you, you said you wanted to add something before we start this podcast. Uh, Berardi had some really great moments in this match. Uh, he scored two goals. Feels like all his goals are in the first half in his career, kind of the opposite of Saicedo. But, uh, yeah, great job from Berardi. Uh, he can be someone who can be really helpful for the national team if he stays consistent. If he can keep this up, he can be a player that the national team can really use. Uh, his problem has always been consistency with uh, Berardi. His quality is undeniable. He has quality. He can, his free kicks are fantastic. He can cross the ball. His shooting abilities is great. His passing, dribbling, everything. He has it all. Just consistency. If he can keep that, I think off the bench for the national team, maybe starting potentially, but I really doubt it's going to happen. It looks like Chiesa's really got that right wing spot yeah. locked down. But uh, he could be someone that can really help. So 
Yeah, I hope for uh, Berardi, and he's going to look to make a late push here to try and make the national team. So, uh, yeah, credit to Berardi. And uh, huh, this game, man, what a crazy ending. Very crazy game. Holy yeah, cow. Insane. Sassuolo, you know, you watch the game, you're like, okay, Sassuolo got locked up, you know, almost 80th minute. It's basically done. And then what happens? Torino score. You're like, okay, man, consolation goal. Not Maybe a draw, but no, not going to win. Then Zaza ties it up. Oh, was it Zaza tied up? No, he didn't. No, uh, he's going to first goal. Yeah. 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 ties it up. Then you're like, eh, okay, it's going to end as a draw. We'll have a good game. They're pretty entertaining. And then, oh, Lord, that, then, then, then. What a crazy ending. And Saldi plays a beautiful curler to the back post. Beautiful ball. You have to get that one perfect to pull it off. And he did. Right to Zaza's head, who then finishes it, and then Torino's celebration at the end was great to see. The, the yeah. whole medical, yeah. everyone right on the pitch. It was like a, a World Cup champion was crowned in that game. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was insane. What a comeback to score three in the final 15 minutes, I believe. Would have been nice if it was against Inter, but it was, it was a great game for Torino, a great bounce back win. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a win that Torino need. Uh, like I was saying, too, they, they have to find their act together. They have to get results going their way, and this is a result that went their way, and I gotta give someone his Zaza credit. Uh, he just, uh, you know what, Swedes, I'm gonna win this, this team the match, and he did. He scored two big goals for them, and so he, Simone Zaza is someone who we all know that can score goals. He's got goals uh, he, with, uh, when he was on uh, Swasolo, he was very good, and also on Juve. It just seems like after that Euro Cup, that disaster penalty he took, uh, which I know a lot of Italian fans don't want to hear it. Uh, he's just he hasn't been himself. He's hasn't been known in Syria. But this is a game that who knows that can give him a confidence builder or can just be a one game wonder, uh, which a lot of times you see that in Syria. But I get like it was a good result for Torino. It's a big win for them, especially because now they're a point up on Cali in the relegation zone. And going back to your point ends on Berardi. I feel like Baradi will be on the national team. I just feel yeah. like he's a good player, uh, especially when with Italy. The last uh, time we seen him play, he was excellent, and it's gonna be interesting to see. I think Chiesa will get the start, but it's gonna be interesting to see him coming off the bench, causing uh, trouble for the opponents. Say later in the match when he comes in, and I feel like he's a good player to have. And Sosolo, I feel like if Sosolo. Uh, don't pan out. They don't finish like top, even say Europe, the kind of push for Europe at least. Why I can see Baradi leaving in the summer too. Uh, he's just such a good player, and I feel like he's a type of player. He's another player too that could make a big move um, in the summer, and someone you can look out for. Yeah, his whole career has had quality. Just his only issues have been consistency and injuries. That's really all yeah. that's been holding him back. If he can put that aside from now till the Euros. Hey, maybe he'll start, but I don't. I don't think he'll start. But I know that nah, Mancini has a soft spot for him. I don't yeah. think he'll start, but I think he'll he'll be an impact player to have off the bench. Yeah, definitely. I can't see him starting either, but who knows if he can keep this up? I I doubt it, but I do know that Mancini seems to have a little soft spot for him, and uh, he loves bringing him on pretty early. So, um, yeah, hopefully he keeps it up, and Italy's gonna really need some of his quality coming off the bench that not many other national teams will have. So. Yeah, credit to Berardi and a big win for Torino. I mean, it's an insane game. Now moving on to European competitions. Uh, sort of Champions League here, of course. We're going to group it into one because I know you guys really want to hear a breakdown of the game. The game's over. There are other Champions League. There's not much really to go from here. But 
it's uh it's really disappointing to see these Italian side just fall to Europe pretty yeah. easily and really early on. Yeah. Uh Atalanta I don't want to be hard on them because if you look where they were a couple of years ago and now you don't really expect them to be here anyways, but still you would expect them to put a better account for themselves. Uh, Muriel scored an incredible goal, but at the end of the day it really wasn't enough. Atalanta's defense has always been the issue for them, and once again, it, sh- it showed. Uh, that was really what caused them to tie. Their attack, too, didn't really... Well, they created a good amount, actually. They just couldn't finish, really. There's also Zapata, too. Yeah, Zapata. No, re- no reason Zapata sh- should shouldn't be starting. Yeah. If I'm yeah. Gasperini, I find a way to start both Zapata and Muriel, to be honest, because they... It's hard to bench Muriel if he's been playing in Zapata. You can't really bench a player like that, so... Yeah. But, yeah. Even, even too, it didn't help that uh, Sportello, uh, Sportello made a huge mistake uh, leading to, I think it was, I believe, the first uh, Madrid goal. He I made a huge blunder. Yeah. yeah, he made a huge blunder where he just, like, passed it to the moment. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's kind of hard to talk about these games because, like, uh, I just really wish Atalanta would have went through. Uh, personally, as a Roma fan, too, they're kind of an easy team to root, to root for because, like, in the past, we don't really have any bad history like we do with Juve or, like, a Inter or, like, a Milan. Or, but mm-hmm. uh, it's tough, but what can you do? Uh, Real got the best of Atalanta. They're no longer in the Champions League. It's fair to say Gasparini dropped the ball a little bit, but it's also... You gotta look at the quality of players and difference in the team and yeah. how much they're worth. But uh, Lazio Bayern, which gets into that too as well. Uh, I that think was this, a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, this tie was over before it started. Let's be honest here. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it because uh, all these years Lazio <laughs> fans have been making fun of us for uh, losing to Bayern and all these teams. And uh, first time they're here in 13 years, and look what happens. Ended pretty quick. So yeah, <laughs> maybe. In, Maybe next, in 13 years from now, they'll have another shot, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty embarrassing, to be honest. Uh, in the second game, lots of fans are kind of holding on to the fact, oh, look how we competed against the best team in Europe. Bayern were not trying. They were sitting back and passing the ball around. I don't think they got practice game. Lots of fans are relaxed with the 2-1, because if Bayern really wanted to, they could have won that game 10-1. So, if Alfonso Davies knew how to cross the ball, it would be a... A different, <laughs> different story. So. Uh, yeah, but Lazio and Atalanta have fallen out. Juve have fallen out. Juve did I mean, not Juve. Inter didn't pass the group. Disappointing Champions League run. Probably the most disappointing one in some time I, now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. But you know what? Yeah. Though I give respect to uh, all the Serie A teams uh, who fell out of the European competition. Now they get to watch it with Napoli. So it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know when this is gonna end. I can't wait till we get back to the old days where Serie A was running Europe, but. Yeah. yeah it looks like right yeah, now. It's okay, it's, uh, at least, at least Roma is still in Europa League. Hopefully they can, uh, get past, uh, Ajax now. Yeah, we shouldn't have any problems with Ajax. Yeah. I'm not too worried about those guys, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's over now for the Champions League journey of, uh, Serie A teams. But now moving on to the Europa League. Uh, Roma played Shakhtar. 3 nothing advantage heading into the game. I think I was pretty confident in us getting the win, but you never know of Roma. Fonseca seemed to take the most, more uh, conservative approach. He didn't want to put too many bench players in because uh, you don't want to lose a game like that. If we lost 3 nothing and lost that lead, it would have been terrible. But we did put some bench guys in. Carlos Perez had a pretty good game, got an assist there. Mayoral, as always, he's type of top scorer in the Europa League. 
he's been fantastic this season for us. We didn't really expect him to do what he's been doing. I think he has 12 goals and seven assists now, or something, all comps or eight assists, something like that. But he's uh, he's been looking really good for us, and uh, it's nice to have a striker who actually shoots the ball and when he's inside the box. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well done for Roma. Defense played well. Uh, Ibanez, I, I got worried there when he got the head clash, but he looks good now, so that's good to see. Mancini, poor guy, can't get a game off. He had to get subbed in. <laughs> but uh, I was happy with what we did. We expended basically no energy. I've never seen a team win a game without really running. So we barely moved that whole game, and we got the win. So that was good to see. I just got yeah. rest up for the Napoli game. The only thing I was surprised with is just they're at the end of the two legs, uh, the two ties. Uh, just the result. Like, I thought Shakhtar would put up more of a fight because they're a tough team. So they're a tough team and they got some good pump. they got some good players too who not really much like we don't really talk about because they're again they're in the Ukrainian league, but they're a tough side and it was just to Roma to decimate them, that's very good on Roma's part as well. I think it has to do like with like you were saying too yesterday and so uh, with Fonseca yeah. knowing these players, knowing how they play and he just coached perfectly against them and Roma got the 5-1 on the aggregate and it yeah. was a good result. Yeah, our last two opponents, Fonseca coach, he coached Braga and we handled them pretty easily. They had, a, out of the two legs, maybe like two chances the whole time. And same with uh, Shakhtar, they had maybe two or three good chances the whole time. We really, uh, it wasn't really put into question at any point. I knew we were going to come with the win there. And yeah, credit to Fonseca and I hope he keeps proving these people wrong. Ajax is next. I'll talk about the draw a little later on. We'll leave that for last. But uh, moving on now, United and uh, Milan. Tough one. Yeah, very disappointing, to say the least. Obviously, if you're a Milan fan, it's not the team you want to see uh, get pulled out of the ball when you saw when the draw happened. But um, it's, a, it's a matchup of two teams who, in the past, were at the top of Europe and now are kind of trying to make their way back up there in the the mid-stage right now trying to get there, but uh, yeah, United, to be honest, I think Milan were the better team from almost the whole game, to be honest. Especially that first half, United did yeah. nothing. It just really came down to Pogba cleaning up that huge mess there and coming away with the, the goal. He came off the bench, and sometimes Pogba, I don't really rate him as a player, but when you have someone worth $100 million off your bench, it's going to make a big difference compared to Milan with all the injuries they had. Slatan was out there, but he wasn't really ready to play a game like that. Uh, he got subbed in later on, and he's, you know, when you're coming off an injury at that age as well, you're not really to, you're not really ready to produce at the level you want to produce at. So, and Liao, a player like him, I think could have been really, really, really useful, and they didn't have him available. Just players like that, even Chonoglu was, uh, but Milan, they've had injury problems, and, uh, like Danny said in our group chat, they're following like Autumn, I think you said, something like that. Yeah, I said reference that is not PG appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're following like the leaves off the trees right now. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good for Milan right now, but they'll snap out of it once their injuries come back, I'm sure. But will they be at the level they were at just throughout the year? Mm, I don't know. But they'll bounce back, I'm sure, but once the injuries come back, they'll get stronger. What do you guys think about that match? Yeah, for me, I was just like, like just disappointed in like the result that happened. Uh, obviously, you want to see 
Well, not really me. I, for me, I personally, like, I don't want to see any Italian team succeed, but uh, you always you always want to see, like, Italians do well because of just the way, like, the, I think it's the UEFA points or something. Yeah. Uh, like, the rankings and stuff. Uh, so, but, gotta give credit to United. They got their goal. They got their away goal. And it's hard for Milan to even just, like, not score, but just, like, again, like, they've been playing so poor as of late. And it doesn't help that they're coming off a huge loss against Napoli. So who knows if that loss had something to do with the result, uh, just the way they've been playing. And it doesn't help, too, that guys like Ibra are coming back, just came back. Uh, he's a big fixture, fixture for them. And he's someone that can carry them to, like, glory. But I feel like now, seeing this game, Mila have to go into, just finish the season, and they have to go into the summer and just think, okay, we need a guy who can impact the game. We need a guy who can scare opponents, who can finish when we like a clinical player. And I feel like Milan don't have that when Ibra's not in the lineup. And it doesn't help too that uh, guys like Kessie, who's he's a monster. He's such a good CDM. He can't score unless it's a penalty. Uh, Castellejo, <laughs> I I don't know how that guy's on Milan still. Like I, every time I see him play, he's terrible. And Chanoglu, he's he's inconsistent. He's a good player, but he's just I feel like he's inconsistent at times. And you gotta give United credit. They got they went in there. They went to a tough place to play. They got the away goal off of Pogba's return, and uh, they're advancing through. So hopefully, now Roma is the only hope that the Serie A has. Uh, if they want to like to like to get back to their glory days, Roma's their only hope. And it's going to be a very interesting tie uh, against Ajax now. Yeah, perfect uh, segue there. Unless for you want to add anything to that? or uh, Yeah, just quickly. Um, yeah. Once again, Pogba always plays better in black and white, just like Pereira, just like Lorente. Uh, he was in that black and white jersey, and he, he was amazing. Obviously, off the bench, he did what he needed to do. He came in, saved United, uh, who were playing uh, horrible. Came in, I think, three minutes, uh, and then and he scored. So it, it was good to see for Pogba, but... For Milan, a little disappointed. I think Pioli messed up on this one. Uh, Enzo said Ibra wasn't 100%. I just find it a, a weird coincidence that Ibra got injured right before uh, he was supposed to go on San Remo to sing with the Nunos. And then <laughs> when San Remo was finished, he was magically he, he was magically fit to play. Um, so I think he was left on the bench for disciplinary reasons, if, if I say so myself. And then Brahim Diaz should have started. Uh, he was he was amazing in the first leg against United. I think he was one of the uh, bright spots for Milan. Uh, he was really breaking down United, and he was on the bench. Uh, I think from from the start, Pioli had the starting lineup wrong, but it, it, that's what happens. And United to go through with an unfortunate away goal. Um, really wanted Milan to go through. Wanted, I always want Italian teams to do well in Europe. It brings uh, good exposure to the league, but unfortunately, this season's a write-off for Europe. Uh, Roma's our only hope now, and hopefully they could win the Europa League to make City up proud. Yeah, for the Europa League, I might retire from the podcast and uh, <laughs> go live in a boat somewhere in uh, <laughs> who knows where in the Bahamas. So, yeah, um, yeah, but for Iber from Chet, to be fair, he did have injuries before San Remo, like uh, a while, but like maybe a month before that. But uh, even though he wasn't like 100% injured or 100% fit, it's kind of in between there. But when you're off from playing like competitive football for a while, it's kind of hard for him to get back into, you know, the rhythm. Yeah, so I agree. Safer bet to put Castiello has been training for the team the whole time, but 
Uh, Danny, you're right. Castiello's a terrible player. I don't know how this guy's here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've, seen him pl- uh, I've seen him play the last few games. What does he provide that makes Milan say he's going to start today? Like, I, I don't get it. I'd rather hit them. Like, yeah, he's I'm a looking, mystery. Like, he I, he wasn't even good when he came. He, what? The, I think he scored three goals in the last two years or something. Yeah, yeah. And let me just give a quick uh, update. Calabria will... I just got a notification that Calabria will be having yeah. surgery. Uh, yeah. Doesn't look good. I think he might be uh, done for the season. Yeah, it looks like he'll be done for the season. Uh, so prayers up for him. Wishing him a speed recovery. He's such a good player. I, I'm a highly, I, I really rate him highly, and I feel like he's a great right back to have. Would have been nice uh, to see him at the Euros, but hopefully yeah. he's good. Better, hopefully he's better. Bounce back like next year. Come back next year stronger. Like you, you, you don't, you never see want to see. Uh, players suffer with uh, ACL injuries and stuff. It's terrible. Uh, so just wishing him a speedy recovery. But back to Castellejo. I don't see what like Pioli sees in him. And I rather them go like play like start. I don't know why Brahim Diaz didn't even start. Like if you want to go yeah. with someone, Brahim Diaz could have been good. I even agree. He's got like uh, even play like Chanonoglu as like a center forward or something. Like just. Someone over Castellejo who can provide something because you're not gonna win the game unless Milan went into this game thinking, okay, we're gonna tie. But you're not gonna score a goal with Castellejo leading the line. I just don't think he's a good enough player for Milan. So we'll see what Milan does in the summer. They gotta make a lot of changes, uh, and this is, this loss could be a learning point for them. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, for a guy who uh, really only offers the speed, he can't run so. I don't, I don't know what he does, but yeah. As soon as I started starting lineup, I mentioned to one of my friends, I was like, yeah, I don't think Milan's going to score a goal today, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, disappointing for uh, European teams. Quickly on the draw, the uh, Europa League draw took uh, place morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. I woke up for that one. Uh, I predicted last night that uh, we'd get Ajax and then we'd be on the side of uh, United's bracket, and I was right. That's what, that's what happened. We got Ajax, and we got the winner of Granada versus... United, I'm happy with that draw because uh, in the finals, really the only tough team there is is Arsenal coming out of that side. And then there's Animal Zagreb, who's not easy, but you know what I mean, not top quality side. They got Slavia Praha, and there's one other side I can't really... Villarreal. Villarreal, yeah. They're also a tough side. And to be honest, I'll tell you right now, I think Villarreal's going to knock out Arsenal at some point. So that's what I see happening. If we get to the finals, I feel like we'll be seeing Villarreal. Which isn't an easy game by any means, but isn't a team that I'm really going to fear too much. So, yeah, yeah for Roma, um, if you're asking me right now what's more likely, top four or winning the Europa League, I'm going to have to say winning the Europa League. At the I moment. agree. I don't see top four as being a viable option. Uh, I'm not sure if we're really going to put our foot on the gas quite yet to go all over the Europa League. I think it's risky. It's too soon. We're not far out of the top four race, only a point, I believe. So, And we're playing yeah. Napoli this weekend. If we lose to Napoli this weekend... It might actually yeah. have to be Europa League full out, but if we win, it's going to be a decision for Fonseca has to make because with our depth, we can't do both. We're not going to get top four on Europa League. Uh, after the IX tie, if we're playing United, I think that's the time then you got to put the foot on the gas. If you beat United, you're in the finals against a pretty favorable matchup. Arsenal doesn't worry me too much if they're the ones coming out. So uh, We're going to have to see. We're lucky Tottenham got knocked out. That was the team I really worried about. That Hyungman's son coming back, who was a dangerous player. Uh, Harry Kane missed a big sitter there at the end. Uh, I was 
praying to God that he wouldn't score and he didn't. So uh, Garrett Bale had a nice free kick at the end, could have put that one away. They had a lot of chances. And uh, this Orsic guy, I don't want to study out podcast, but I just want to bring up quick this Orsic guy is unreal. Uh, he's on Zagreb, scored a hat Yeah. Yeah. Every time I watch Europa League, this guy scores and he's incredible. So yeah, for uh, any of you guys that like these uh, little talents uh, around Europe, he's someone to look out for because he plays amazing every time I watch him. But yeah, as a Roma fan, am I confident? I'm pretty confident against Ajax. Their team is finished, to be honest. I'm looking at them. Uh, their manager, I know, has a pretty good background mm-hmm. in uh, overcoming top European sides. You is one of them. We've seen in yep. recent years. I think his name's Ten Hag. Yeah. And it's going to be a good matchup for Fonseca to see how he does. Uh, next year, we're looking to be in Champions League again. If uh, Fonseca is going to be the one to take us there, this is a first real big test. I guess Shakhtar was, but he kind of knew how they played already. So, But this is a big test for him to see how he prepares and manages our fitness level. So looking forward to it. Uh, big game and hoping for the best. So, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, it's been a fun episode. Bo- a lot to bo- talk about. And before we go, I just want to mention yeah. something quickly. Uh, j- just interesting to see uh, when Juventus played Inter, Cuadrado Delet oh, and Alexandro, Cuadrado no. yeah. yeah. and Alexandro were out due to COVID nineteen, and we played that game. That's three of our starters out. Um, all of a sudden, Handanovic, Divrai, and Vecino, two of the starters. I, I can't remember the last time Vecino uh, started a game. So Handanovic and Divrai are are out due to COVID. Two players. The Vecino doesn't count. I, I don't care what what anyone says. And uh, their game magically gets postponed because in, Inter's president, Inter's team, everyone on Inter, even the city, I knows Handanovic doesn't play. Inter lose, especially without Divadai. But Dali's probably the, the worst goaltender goal I've ever seen. Goalkeeper. Easy. I think Pinsolio's better. Miles better. And just a shame to me when I saw Handanovic got COVID. Obviously, I want the guy to be okay, but I was celebrating. I I knew Inter's run was over the minute he got COVID because that's two weeks, that's two game, two or two three games max. Inter has to play without Handanovic and Divirai. That's three losses right there. I don't care what anyone says. That's three losses or and three drop points. But you know, the city, yeah, is they're on Inter's payroll this season, I guess, and uh, they they got lucky. So Inter fans, just remember, you got lucky that uh your your games got postponed. Yeah, well, I was expecting for Chad to bring that up at some point. I was hoping it wasn't, yeah. though, and uh, he did. So there you go, Inter fans, uh, one last shot on the podcast. Next week, I'm looking forward to it. We got some uh, Azuri football back, so I'm looking forward to that one. We're going to obviously recap the weekend games and then get right into Italy. And it's always a time I look forward to, to be honest, because uh, we're on the same side here. We all yeah. support one team. <laughs> so uh, there's no really a conflict going on. Well, there might yeah. be within the team. Yeah, you know. who we want to play and all that, but... <laughs> Uh, Derossi also shout out to him. He's a yeah. the assistant for the national team. Will be a really excited for that. Yeah, something we need good. in the locker room. So, and I'm I'm really happy the choice he decided to take. Um, I don't like what Pirlo did starting right away with Juve. Uh, I think it's not a good situation for him to be in to start off his managerial career. It's gonna kind of tarnish him a little bit. I like Derossi. the uh, Derossi role. Like I like yeah. what the, he's chosen to do, and I, I respect. You know, I all respect to Mancini for. Uh, Hiring for adding him to the staff, which is gonna be it's gonna be fun to see uh, him and uh, the players uh, on the sidelines uh, like when they play. I think it's Bulgaria the first match, so it's gonna be uh, interesting yeah. to see Dirosi uh, on the sidelines. Yeah, it's either Northern Ireland or Bulgaria, one of the two, starting off. But 
Yeah, it's uh, great by him to work alongside Mancini in a big-time tournament. He's going to gain experience while also not having the pressure of him to really make the big decisions. So it's going to be good for him to learn from uh, the Italian colleagues there and uh, the coaches and Mancini. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Grande Daniele, good job, good choice. I'm happy to see him there. And uh, I think one day he'll be managing us. So it's a good step in his career towards that. Ended off here, we had a lot, a lot of talking points. This is a heavy podcast. Next week will be much lighter to steady on as we talk, like I said. So, looking forward to that one. Thank you for listening, and ciao, ragazzi. Ciao. Have a good one, guys.